0: People of the internet it is time for OnComicsGrounds.com's flagship podcast panel to panel where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such we are back here live once again for you good folks but now now we have changed the game for you good people because no longer will we only talk about news here on panel to panel occasionally we will talk about different like breaking stories and whatnot but primarily we are going to be switching gears and having a main topic for the entire show. Sometimes, like, episodes will be longer. Sometimes those episodes will be shorter. But we are here to talk about a very interesting topic this evening. But before we get to that, we are going to introduce ourselves. My name is James Portis. To my left, we have the amazing, the hardworking, the infinite knowledge of comics that she is. Mary, how you doing this evening?
1: I am doing better. Better than I have been. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what's up. That was, up, and then we have to my right, the man who needs to catch up on Titans, but then is, is slow Slow. and is is only on like episode three of season two. Hey (laughs) Travis, how are you doing this evening?
2: Doing pretty well. Um, shaking off the old painting miniatures
0: cobwebs. So that's fun. That's what's up. That's what's up. Don't forget that you can follow this podcast on iTunes. You can follow it on Google Play. You can follow it on Spotify. You can follow it on Stitcher Radio. You can follow it on YouTube if you you subscribe to youtube.com slash on Comics Ground. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at PGP underscore podcast. And you can follow the website on uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram at on Comics Ground. And check out the website every weekday where we have new reviews, new uh, news articles occasionally, new solicitations when they come out, new previews every week. We have all this and more here at On Comics Ground. Put some hyphens between those words. Dot com. All right, so it's time to get into this topic. So we wanted to like just have a casual evening with with you folks and take it, take it, take it back a little bit and talk about some of DC Comics' most iconic animated per, uh, TV shows. With DC Universe premiering uh, Harley Quinn today, or was it yesterday? I forget. It was today, wasn't it? It was yesterday. Oh, yesterday? Oh, yeah, wait. I thought it was today because yesterday was uh, Titan. Or am I crazy?
1: No, it was yesterday.
0: Okay, so Titans was... I think- well, you, you, probably was doing it the same day. I'm crazy. All right, so uh, yesterday, Harley Quinn had its first episode premiere, and... That was fun. We'll get to that towards the end of the show, get some of our initial thoughts on that. But we're going to talk about some of DC Comics' other animated projects that have come out over the years. So we're going to start it off at the, the most iconic, the, the show that everybody knows that is, like is well-known for some of the best jokes and some of the best memes of the superhero age. What am I talking about, folks? I'm talking about Super Friends. Travis, are, like, don't, don't make the Black Vulcan joke. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> this, this show was one of those things that everybody had watched growing up, it, like, in that time period. It would, had those staple versions of the characters that everyone knew. It It's pretty much the show that made Aquaman the meme that he is today, and it frustrates my heart, and I hate it, and I wish it would die. But also, I love the show because it, it, it gave so many kids the lifeblood to love Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and the Wonder Twins of all things. So, Mary, what was your thought of this show as you were coming up? What?
1: Oh, lordy. <laughs> um, well, if the Silver Age could be a cartoon show, it was Super Friends. And... um. I I mean it was a it was a cartoon of the nineteen seventies, so it it's cheesy, it's feel good, the good guys always win. But there's something kind of heartwarming about it. Now it is a product of its time, let's be upfront about that. Yeah. But um, I mean it was it, it kicked everything off. So
0: I mean, I, I, I gotta say, when you find out that Casey Kasem voices Robin, it kind of, like, sets that staple of, wow, this show's freaking insane. <laughs> and then, like, when you had those those crazy things, like the Wonder Twins, that, like, were the Wonder Twins specifically for Super Friends, or they, did they exist prior?
1: Believe it or not, that is not knowledge I have on hand.
0: What? Ooh, stumped Mary. I know. Mary doesn't know something? That, that, that's crazy. I, the I
1: horror.
0: To, it's going a bug me. If I
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the horror. The pure, unadulterated PG-13 horror. Uh, apparently, they premiered in a Super Friends comic. Actually, no, they they, prefer, they premiered on the show first. The first comic appearance was a show tie-in, though. Wow. That's crazy. Um, But then they've even gone so far as to be in other mediums like um their own comic book now. And they were on Smallville and stuff like that. So. They they have gone pretty far. Um, Travis, did you ever watch Super Friends beyond like the the, the occasional like uh, like TV show gag? Um,
2: honestly, I I watched a lot of Hanna barber cartoons when I was growing up, uh, and Super Friends was no exception to that. But <laughs> my my memories have been really skewed by what Adult Swim did to everything Hanna barber related <laughs> later on what? in my life. So, I'm gonna refrain from doing the, the, why don't they call you Whitefish joke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. But, I do remember, um, all, like, the zoom-outs, all the cheesy... (laughs) ...when it would, like, change scenery and stuff. That was something that always struck me for some odd reason. But, um, I also remember they always integrated Adam West. Batman into these shows. It was always the cheesy. Come on, Robin, let's go. Jump in, gee willikers, Batman, and then they kept going on like that up until. I remember they did. They joined Scooby Doo for a minute too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My, I, I, I'm so glad I drowned that out with other cartoons.
0: <laughs> I mean, like to be fair, like Mary said, it was a product of its time. It was like that first stomping block. And then, like you find out that on, on a random episode that had Cyborg, you find out, um, dude from Ghostbusters played Cyborg, and it blows the frick out of your brain. Like, that like some of the the stars that were on this show, it it blows your mind. Like like Ernie Hudson as Cyborg, and then like 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 I said, Casey Kasem as Robin, and like different things like that. It it's insane what the links they went to just for the show to exist. It is like especially in the Hannah Barbera time period. So yeah, like yeah. Then, what was crazy was recently on the new scooby doo show that's on the Boomerang Network, they had Batman be in an episode and it wasn't the same because they they weren't even like referencing any of the old gags or anything. They're like, Hey Batman, you're here. This is the thing. So it shows how like we've sort of just left that show in the past other than, like, memes, and it frustrates me.
1: <laughs> but I do think the, um, the strength of Super Friends and where that really worked is that um, there really hadn't been any other animated, you know, DC properties since the um, Fleischer Superman animated shorts, which, I mean, were really the first of their kind, and, you know, they were the harbinger of every show that we're yeah. going to talk about tonight. And um, I mean, those were by large in a way propaganda. And if they weren't propaganda, they were problematic. But some of them are very problematic. So if we want to talk about product yeah, of its time, now, time. Now, now I mean, now don't get me wrong, they they, they, are, they they are they're most of them are good to watch, but others are just kind of ew.
0: They, they were a little rough
1: there's a there's an episode called the uh, Japoteurs Ugh. it's about uh superman saving lois lane from japanese saboteurs and it was during world war ii so that should tell you everything you need to know <laughs> no, but, oh, yeah. um, but oh yeah but Super Friends allowed for a world building, and it was a different medium than the Fleischer cartoons or the Batman film serial, Shazam film serials, uh, Superman, the Superman uh, TV show. And I've always found that, it, you know, at least for kids, cartoons are a bit more accessible. And Super yeah. Friends really served to um, bring more people in. And it was just, just Probably the first time that they were able to do that with the entire Justice League, so it wasn't just, you know, okay, the Spider Woman cartoon sold Spider Woman books, the Spider Man cartoon sold Spider Man books, but this was the Justice League, or Super Friends, if you will. So there's, you know, a whole bunch of different characters that it boosted, and I think that's ultimately where the strength of Super Friends was.
0: You know, sidebar, I never knew that Spider-Woman had a TV show till Disney Plus came out.
1: Oh yeah, no, she did.
0: I never knew that shit. I watched like an episode of it, and it was just like,
1: what? She used to be quite a big deal.
0: (laughs) And now she's getting a new series in February, so like, yay. Though, the new costume coming back, like the the, the old costume coming back has a lot of people upset.
1: Uh, I'm a little conflicted about it, but...
0: Fair we'll have to talk about that when that book comes out Mm -hmm. um so from there from the super friends and all their memeable glory we have what i think can be easily said be like like the cream of the crop that still hasn't fully been topped which is pardon the pun like like yeah justice league we'll talk about that comes pretty close but batman the animated series in terms of Full scope, and in terms of everything that it does in terms of cinematics, is still the best DC animated series. Am I wrong in saying that?
1: I I would couple it with the new Batman Adventures because for a lot of people, the two shows run together.
0: That's what I was pretty much like. Let's just include them together because it was like they're the same cast and the same storyline, pretty much.
1: Same writers, Mm -hmm. same animation, same everything.
0: Like, they just, like, changed it to, like, the boxy style to match the Superman animated series, so it was like, alright, cool. And
2: what was crazy to think about those those specific ones is that, like, I, I have an old DVD of the the first go at Batman and Friends, and, man, it's hard to believe that they marketed that towards children. Honestly,
0: uh-huh. there's a
2: whole lot of blatant murder, sex, drug use, prostitution. Everything that Gotham is loved for is not stuff that should be on children's television. But I swear to you, I watch that every
0: Saturday with a bowl of cereal. <laughs> and what's crazy is, like, they, they kept it going so long in syndication that, like, all of us have probably seen almost every episode of the show we grew up with it because they kept it going even on Kids WB and stuff like that.
2: hmm If you know you Kevin like, Conroy's voice, it's because of this show. I like promise. Every,
0: everyone thinks of him as the definitive Batman to the point that he's finally getting his shot to be a live-action Batman in Christ.
1: I'm so excited.
0: I was waiting for right? that. <laughs> I am
1: so excited.
0: You're excited for the entire event. Let's be real here.
1: I am, but I'm not. Like, I am i'm not quite cautiously optimistic i'm coin i'm kind of uh, on the edge of my seat paranoid but
0: why do you say that
1: because crisis on infinite earth is my is one of my absolute favorite events across all of comics i mean it, it it's just it's huge and if they fuck it up
2: <laughs> i saw her i felt that coming
1: I mean, obviously, you guys know me, I am very fluid when it comes to adaptations. Because, you know, adaptations, they're just, you know, elements are adaptable. It's not going to be the same thing. And I think, you know, expecting a panel by panel, page by page adaptation is... It's just why. Like, I want to see more creative elements added to it. And I know that it's going to be... An event within the CW universe, and I'm fully expecting that, but there are key moments that have to happen, otherwise you're just running into a Civil War situation where the only thing that was brought over was um, Cap being mad at Tony and Tony being mad at Cap, and the whole event just fell apart after that because there weren't key moments from the storyline. So... I mean, Flash is going to have his death That's so that's a given, because, you know, we're seeing it in the show right now. Uh, Supergirl needs to have her death because it's one of, you know, the seminal moments in the character's history. Like, there's just very specific things that need to happen, and if and when they don't, y'all are gonna hear about it.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm excited and terrified. We're gonna come back in January and Mary's gonna be lit. Like, she's just gonna be so irritated. (laughs) Mhm. <laughs> so my my question for Mary then is it, what
2: do you feel like they maybe have bitten off more than they can chew by doing a shot for shot panel to panel type of thing? Panel to panel.
1: Uh no, th- that's not exactly what they're doing. Um I was just remarking that people who expect panel to panel adaptations in live action or cartoon, it's um I don't want to say naive, but, like, a narrow view, as it were. Steep. Y- yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. So, let's swing it back over to, to, to Batman. Very right.
1: tangent time.
0: Tangents are always a great thing, don't you do it? I kind of started it anyway by reference in Crisis, so it's great. <laughs> um, so, in terms of Batman, when it came to the, like, the entire story, like, uh, Heart of Ice became the iconic origin for Mr. Freeze for well over decades. Like, we have known Mr. Freeze as this, like, like heartbroken character that is just trying to save his wife for so many years now. And, like, and then we have things like Harley coming into the picture from just being a one-off in one episode to then being, like, thrown into the comics and now being called by a lot of people the fourth pillar of the DCU pantheon. So, what? like, yeah, a lot of people say that. It's like really freaky, like to the point that I think d c kind of agrees with it. Uh,
2: I can't argue because of the stuff that she's <laughs> done. The stuff that she's done in Canon is hysterical, in my opinion. like eh, uh, okay, so that makes a lot of sense. anyway, continue. Sorry, not only that she's
0: she's taking the birds of prey and making it her movie next year, Travis. Yeah,
2: there's that, too. That's kind of huge confirmation. Mm-hmm. She's forerunning the the revival of the DCEU. I uh, mean,
1: why not lean into your marketable characters? Please, uh, Honestly, though. I mean, though. she is, and I know that this is gonna, you know, curl a lot of toes, but she is the crowning achievement of the series.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, sadly. Yeah. And what's, what's crazy for me to think about is if she's the fourth pillar of the DC canon, that one exchange that she had in Heroes in Crisis can be put down as probably one of her most iconic, where she jacks Wonder Woman's lasso, ropes up Batman, pulls the Kryptonite out of his belt, and gets away. Like, oh
1: man. As much as it bugs me, for the character it sort of makes sense because she fights with no sense of self-preservation. Yeah. And she's es- very
0: much one of
1: those. And especially when, you know, someone who is crazy is even more emotionally disturbed than...
0: the you have, human. Most people.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there's that, and like, what's cra- and like, and that's what blows my mind is the fact that she's had that much of an impact. Like, hell, they even went, like, a step further with things like the new Batman Adventures carrying over things like Tim Drake and Nightwing and stuff like that. They had that much development in that show that they kept that whole pantheon going. Like, Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy, you cannot argue, are, like, the most iconic voices of Batman and Joker. Like... I'm sorry, Tara Strong, and you—you you can hate like you—you you would probably agree with me. Arlene Zorkin is still the person that many people think about when it comes to Harley. Like mm-hmm. to the point that she was—Harley ba- Quinn was based off of her from a soap opera gag. Like people lo- like will always know her for that. Like yes, yeah, she was <laughs> the cur-
1: dream sequence.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's what's crazy about that. So. Like, like, granted, Tara is amazing, and, like, what she's done with the character is fine, but, like, Arlene made that character in a lot of ways, and she is that character for a lot of people. So, like, that show does that. Hell, I would rather say that Tara is more iconic as Batgirl, because she was that voice for a long-ass time. I think she still is in the new Superhero Girls, too.
1: I mean, my only thing with Tara Strong's Harley Quinn is I feel like the voice is a little too harsh. Too pitchy? Yeah, it's a little too pitchy, especially compared to, you know, when you go back and watch the animated series or whatnot, because Tara Strong didn't take over as Harley Quinn until Arkham City. Yep. But...
0: And what's crazy is, like, like my biggest complaint with her Harley is that it just sounds like a high-pitched bubbles from Powerpuff Girls. Like, like it—that's like all it is. It sounds like a. Oh, you've like, ruined like, me, bro! Like, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. That first time <laughs> you, you open the door to the church in Arkham City, and you just hear like coming through. B man, it just sounds like an adult version of Bubbles, who's like being overly sassy. Like, and, she's and like, it pigtails. hurts you. Oh, yeah, literally, the pigtails make it too. And like uh, I love Tara Strong, I do. I want. I used to like subscribe to her Vine all the time. And like, now she has a TikTok. I wish she would get back on Like she does Vine. But like, I, 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 I get you. I, I hurt for you. Don't worry. But like, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that you that like, like watching me in agony. I feel like <laughs> between my my, my my truth bombs and Mary's truth bombs, you're just always getting a hit upside the head.
2: That's okay though. That's okay. <laughs> this is how we learn. <laughs>
0: So, um, is there, like, any more thoughts on uh, Batman the Animated Series, folks? Surprisingly,
1: it ages pretty well.
0: It very much does. Travis?
2: Um, I I just, man, it's still as, as iconic as one could imagine today, honestly. Like, it's almost... I would call it what I would say the the proper icon to embody fucking uh, kids, double, 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 WB every morning. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Personally, I think that's the standard that Batman should be based against and not Frank Miller's Bat God.
0: Oh, Oh, Bat God.
2: Oh, she's speaking gospel, y'all. Y'all need to write that down.
0: Like I, I give a lot, like like and I still say this. Like, yes, Frank Miller like penned the like the original Bat God, oh God. but like Scott Snyder's is the only one that can still get away with Bat God, and I stick by that. Um, but like, yeah, we need to start moving away from Bat God and get back to the core of what Detective is. <coughs> I'm hoping that this new Robert Pattinson Batman might actually be that step in the right direction. If that makes
2: right. sense, right? Year one getting patched up. Still getting beat up every night.
0: Hell, apparently, um, like, Zoe Kravitz's new haircut has everyone thinking, like, ooh, we really are doing year one up in this bitch. Yes. But then there's rumors that Riddler might be in it, so, like, they might do zero year, and that kind of concerns me, because, like, zero year kind of fell off in the end. That would be really bad. Anyway, um, so from there... We go into the next big like animated series from DC, which ironically enough ended up being Superman the animated series. Now, I only seen some episodes of Superman the animated series. I know, Mary, you're more acquainted with that show. Yep, yep. <laughs> She's just like yep. So, like, can you... Can, for for, the, for those, like, who have never seen this show, can you give them the elevator pitch, as it were?
1: 90s Batman comics. Uh, 90s Superman comics.
0: That's all it is. Like, this, like, one- in, Like, Dunham ones kind of thing?
1: No, I mean, it... Obviously, um... It's like like I said, sometimes they'll pick up whole issues or whole storylines to do, but you know, like Batman the Animated Series and the new Batman Adventures, it was largely just kind of organic creations. But um, if you read John Byrne in the 80s, Dan Jurgens in the 90s, that's the cartoon. Nope. In In design, in tone, in essence, it's it's that and i absolutely adore um superman from the 80s and 90s and uh-huh. i i do believe that superman the animated series is actually one of the most underrated um dc animated properties of all time
0: Ooh, speak your mind mm-hmm.
1: well I, I think it's the second most um underrated i think the most underrated is actually static shock Ooh, we'll
0: get there we'll get there we'll get there <laughs>
1: but S- superman is often oh he's boring oh he's unrelatable yada 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 and i do get that you know he's a character who's considered too all-powerful and if he's written incorrectly then he can't oh. be boring but the animated series is not without stakes and it deals just as much with Clark Kent being a reporter as much as it is Clark Kent being Superman. And a big thing in the 80s and the 90s with the Superman comics is that Clark Kent isn't the secret identity. Superman is the secret identity, if that makes any sense, because Bruce Wayne is really Batman and Bruce Wayne is the facade. Um, Clark Kent is who he is and Superman is the facade. So that's you know part of the reason why they're the complete antithesis of each other. And where Gotham is this dark neo-noir setting within the an animated series, Metropolis is the opposite of that. It's, a
0: shining light.
1: It, it's the shining beacon on a hill. It's very much not to put too fine a point on it, but Metropolis as in, you know, the, the 1930s, 1920s, uh, uh, no, it was the 1930s silent film. And you know it's this this big futuristic metropolis. See, god damn it, I hate that the name of the city is the accurate descriptor. <laughs> like it's just, it's, metropolis is a metropolis. But
0: um, what you can say is that the show definitely has given us some of the most iconic voices of these characters as well. Like,
1: absolutely. Um, so you good? Oh, yeah, 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 I just cut out because I thought you were going to say something. Oh, no, you're good. But no, like you said, it's given us some of the most iconic vocal performers, um, especially, you know, when we eventually carry it through to Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And um, I think, unfortunately, you gave me a topic that's too easy for me to go on and on and on about. (laughs) But I think the strength of... Superman the Animated Series came from the seamless integration of, el- of elements from the comics. And um, the example I'll use for that is Maggie Sawyer. Because, you know, she was introduced in John Byrne's run in the 80s. And, you know, she's famously one of the first openly gay characters in DC. Well, the show does not hesitate to touch on that. Uh, there is a two-part episode where Darkseid invades, where Maggie is injured, and you see her comic girlfriend Toby Rains, in the hospital room with her. And you know they're very touchy, they're very affectionate. When uh, Dan Turpin, one of Maggie's lieutenants, is in the room, he doesn't treat Toby any differently. He treats her like a police wife, kind of a thing. And it's it's a very much of a nod in the win- a nod in a wink to the comic readers while still being able to put it in in a kid's show in 1998, I want to say.
0: I believe so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the show ran from 96 to 2000, so I'm just taking a stab at whatever year that episode came out. So it was, I think that's where the beauty in the writing comes in, is the seamless integration And what I do think Superman the Animated Series does not get enough credit for is the scene in aforementioned crossover where Dan Turpin dies. Dan Turpin, I mean, I'm not going to put a spoiler warning on this. The show ended 19 years ago. (laughs) But um, Dan Turpin is killed by Darkseid. Darkseid. And Dan Turpin was modeled after Jack Kirby, and this was around the time when Jack Kirby died. So at the end of that the two-parter, there's a beautiful funeral scene where you have a, uh, a rabbi going through a traditional Jewish funeral, and then you have a tombstone at the end. And this line is delivered beautifully by Tim Daly, better than I can ever do it. And because he says, goodbye, old friend, In the end, the world didn't really need a Superman, just a brave one, and that was the show's eulogy to Jack Kirby. And I think that is one of the most powerful moments in DC animated anything.
0: My heart, (laughs) it's
2: it it sank. And
0: like you, 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 and like when, when you think about it, he was killed by his own creation. Like, damn. That's brutal. Mary, you don't (laughs) hurt (laughs) us.
1: The fact that I can pull that line from memory has me.
0: You a beast. That's why we love you.
1: But anyway, that's my feeling about Superman the Animated Series. If you genuinely enjoy Superman, sit down and watch it. Um, Lois is fantastic. Jimmy is fantastic. It has that same bizarre timeless feel that Batman the Animated Series does. Because you can almost never seemingly place where in time these shows are happening kind of a thing.
0: Okay. So, now that Mary's done have us all in our feelings for a hot minute.
1: I should have written notes. <laughs> this would have been slightly more comprehensible if I had notes.
0: Oh no, that, that, that was still amazing. So, right. thank you for that. Now my heart hurts. Oh, so, Travis, let's go to the future for a minute. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know where we're going. So, the, 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 the beautiful, the powerful, the edgy, the, like, the, the epitome of 2000's edge that was oh, oh Batman Beyond. Oh, you, you hit the nail right on the head with the epitome of eggs. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they invented their own lingo. They had like hover cars. Like everything was here for this show. Suits and,
1: that could seemingly move mountains on their own. <laughs>
0: yep, but like, 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 anti-gravity was the biggest thing. Everything could be achieved. Like that show was just everything and the thing was that was the first batman show i ever saw not batman the animated series i distinctly really? remember watching yeah i distinctly remember watching batman beyond first huh i ended up going back and being like oh this is different and like like I, like that's what's crazy about it so that's why i still read dan Jerkins batman beyond in my corner like this book is weird but i love it <laughs> Like, I still read that book. I committed to that book. And I, 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 I'm with you, Dan. We got this. <laughs> but, like... Do this. <laughs> like, that's... Sh- and the thing is, it's hard for me to translate Batman Beyond after um, Br- uh, Bruce Timm and Paul Dini rewrote half of it in Justice League Unlimited with the epilogue. It's hard for me to look back at it. Like, wow, everything is different now. Every- like, because cause at first glance, it's just a show about bruce being too old and then the, like the whole world is different so he brings in the, like this kid who's troubled and has these problems he loses his own father his mother and brother are still at home but he's in high school it's it's very much like spider-man in the future but with bats and it's like it's that kind of cool thing that anybody can get into and i love it for it. you have will Dell voicing terry mcginnis kevin conroy comes back to voice bruce and it's everything you could possibly want in, in this kind of show. And the sad part is, it only went for two seasons, and it, it breaks my heart. my heart. Like, I would love for a Batman Beyond return movie. Like, yes, we have return of the Joker, but like that was not the end of the show. Like, I want like a special beyond just the epilogue. I want more. Damn it! <laughs> like, honestly, it, like ugh, the show was amazing, but I, I I need to I need to point
2: this out that the what Justice League Unlimited did to Terry's origin. Where it basically was like Batman is so slick that his sperm is in another man's testicles. Okay, no, it
0: was it wasn't it, it wasn't him though. It was Waller. Waller didn't put his sperm in somebody. He just made sure that like 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 his DNA hit the the egg, like the egg It's, well, it's obviously obviously sperm, but like they don't say that. They, they say it's like an injection into her arm or some shit. They like they they make a point to say. Like Matt McGinnis didn't get to, her, like, like, didn't get to do it. Like, like Waller did something to the baby that made it. Bruce isn't that sad, but like, she used,
1: um, if I remember correctly, she used nanotechnology to do it. Shit. <laughs> yeah, because- that
2: that had me heated. <laughs> if
1: you remember, she used um, nanotechnology to basically go in and overwrite um, Terry's quote-unquote father's DNA with Bruce Wayne's.
0: That's crazy. <laughs> That's some future shit right there for you. And, like, the original plan was they were going to off t- Terry's mom and dad. But then it was like, oh, I guess the hoodlums are going to kill um, t- uh, t- Terry's dad anyway. Like, because originally the assailant couldn't do it. Because because also, did anyone else notice in the episode the assailant who was going to kill Terry's parents was Phantasm and no one wanted to talk about that? Like, that was so <laughs> random. It like they just forced Phantasm to be the killer, and then never talked about it ever again. It was so weird. But... Didn't he go after her later? I thought no. so. I, I don't think they d- like did. I don't think Phantasm was in Beyond other than the epilogue. Because what happened was Phantasm ended up going, "No, I can't do this. They're innocent." And then later it was, "Oh, the hoodlums of the Joker gang killed uh, Terry's father." So it was like, "Oh." Problem solved. He's edgy now. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> like that's, that's pretty much what it was. It's like Batman effect achieved. Like we 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 he can be Batman now. That's that's pretty much how it felt. Like yeah. Now yeah, like, me, like go for sorry, it. Go ahead. I was gonna nah. say Justice League Unlimited didn't really help. Yeah, and like. That like that whole thing made it worse by adding the whole phantasm thing. Originally, it was just oh, Ter- Terry's dad got killed because they wanted revenge. Now it's like oh, Terry's dad got killed, but he was originally gonna die anyway. <laughs> but like, and then you go to the show. There's so much legacy and love in that show. You have Mister Freeze coming back for like this return of power. Like he's like oh Nora's dead. It like re- entirely now. I'm just gonna kill everybody. But then he has to have his like heart like appealed to like there's things like the return of the joker movie that pulled in all that legacy you have the joker gang which ended up having the dds which we found out in the return of the joker movie was harley quinn's granddaughters which holy shit that was insane like there's so much in that show like the royal flush gang comes in as like a futuristic thing they were never was the royal flush gang ever in the
2: original animated series uh they were in batman and friends there was one where batman kind of had to deal with one of the royal Flush gang had a bomb inside of her and like they had to deal with uh her facing her own mortality but that was like the most royal
0: Flush gang you ever had in the whole batman anything and then like just like a limited had like the epilogue that tied into it, the epilogue episode but that was different so but like the actual royal Flush gang came in during like that and beyond like you had the bane episode where they basically turned the bane venom into like steroids for sports players which was insane yeah. <laughs> like, like that show that kept show. pushing the boundary of how much we could do legacy but not disrespect it and then they capped it off with like at for because at first it was like no one wanted to do joker in that show they were like we're not gonna do it we're not gonna reference it, he doesn't exist. Like, no. And then it was like, we're gonna give him his own movie. And it's like, oh, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> to be fair,
2: it was one of the craziest twists in like DC animation period. Like you really did not see it coming. And when it happened, you're like, oh oh my god. And then he just he's he's the Joker before your eyes with like a slick turtleneck.
0: <laughs> and the thing was, like, when I like, I still pride myself on being able to quote some of the lines from that movie that Mark Hamill did because I remember watching it over and over and over again. Not only because I love Terry and I love that entire storyline, but then it breaks my heart seeing what happened to Tim. Like, how you go do my boy like that, y'all?
2: Yeah, grown Tim got he got a, uh, I don't know. This was good fodder for
0: the plot in my opinion yeah pretty much but like, at the same time it's like out and the thing is hell th- speaking of that movie we we have like on top of that for the, for the entire series we have barbara gordon becoming the new co- like police commissioner in her father's stay like now that her father is retired and probably dead at that point like like you have her as the commissioner and like still putting in work now that she's uh, retired from for duty as, as a superhero that was one of the biggest things for me as a kid. Seeing her do that blew my mind. Like,
1: yeah. I hate that the comics that Tim and Deanie wrote made it canon that she had an affair. Yeah, with that's, uh, uh,
0: let's not talk about that.
2: Who?
1: Okay, no. no, no, no in, in the in the um the comics that uh bruce tim and paul Dini wrote i i don't remember which one it is but one of them has a really weird boner for batgirl and batman oh it's, it's i wiped
2: weird. that from my it's mind cool. i remember
1: mm-hmm. it's i t- remember that she had yeah. an affair with bruce and pregnant. yeah
0: but, that's really but weird that's why we it, like it, it, was it tim i think it was tim it, 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 I think it was Tim because they, and that's why the whole bat, like that sex thing, happens. in the killing joke was because uh-huh. was because of the fact that they were really pushing for that to happen. And because, uh, like, there's that really weird line uh, where um, you have like, like, Bat is like, "I'm pregnant," and. Um, like- I'll and, tell and, Tim
1: congratulations. No, I'll tell- oh, I'll, I'll tell, tell Tim, Tim congratulations. congratulations.
0: And then she's wow. just like, I- like, it's not his. And Bruce just looks at her like, oh god, and it's like, what is
1: this?!
2: Yo, it's like the internet was writing Batman for a while, if I'm being completely honest with you. Bro, That literally... sounds so foul. It was Bruce-Tim!
0: <laughs> it was literally Bruce-Tim, I, I, I- and it's just like, why do you have this weird thing Barbara and, and Bruce to get it on. Like, it's so bothersome. That's like, disgusting. Uh, uh, I can't. I, I just hurt wow. my soul. Anyway, we have more stuff to talk about. So, I'm
1: glad uh, I could remind you all.
0: So, uh. Mary, Mary, before we go, what were your thoughts on Batman Beyond?
1: I, um, didn't like it as much as the others. <laughs> like, and like don't get me wrong i do like batman beyond and i watched it religiously but um in comparison to the rest of the other it's not my favorite
0: understandable
1: i thought terry was whiny what 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 I thought terry
0: was whiny. Why, why do you always have to come for my boys first you come for tim now quack, you come quack, for terry why, why are you gonna do this to me Quack! quack.
2: Yeah, and she said quack quack james Bro, Ooh, caught you <laughs> whacking.
0: See, and the thing is, now I have to keep reading Venice's Young Justice because they announced that Jackson and fucking and Arrowet and fucking spoiler and of all people sideways are joining the team in February, and I'm just like, oh my
1: god, why? Wait, is interdimensional Spider-Man still a thing?
0: No, as 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 long as um, D'Adio makes uh, says he is.
1: It's just Spider Man. It, yeah. You know,
0: he he, like, yeah, you know, because the Dio ha- has has a really love for Sideways apparently. So Sideways is joining Young Justice, and it's really freaking weird. But out of, out of left field, Arrowettes coming back. Now, my first thought was, is that Mia? Mia? Can I have yeah. Mia back? And then I was like, oh no, it's 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 Sissy. Okay, that, that's still good. Sissy's back, but like, I could have had Mia. You bastards. <laughs> like. I, I understand why, like, you're bringing Sissy back because it is Young Justice, but, like, you could have gave it, given me Mia, and I hate you for it, but I also understand. But, like, ugh, oh, I hate it. Anyway, so from there, as Mary hinted to earlier, we can now talk about the pride and joy of the Panel the Panel podcast that is static shock. Ugh. This show. This, this, I have so many memories of the show from the original BB, gotta be, gotta be, oh, like, oh. and then, then they switch it to Little Romeo, and then, like, just the show itself having just the perfect representation of what, a, like, the potential of a black superhero can be for mainstream audience. Like, it was so well done, it like like captured a young black kid like like dealing with gun violence to then being a superhero and dealing with the problems. There was racism episodes. There was episodes that dealt with like, like different issues like that. There I, I think there was a like, like a domestic violence episode, but I don't remember on the top of my head because like I think um one of like uh, Frida was getting bullied or something. Like they did a lot with that show it still is amazing they tied it into the greater dc universe they have batman and superman and like it just it did so much and i love it to this day like virgil hawkins is so well developed they brought richie in as a a full partner in the later seasons as gear which never fully happened in the comics and it, it came even bigger with the show and it's still this thing. To this day, you have people that are constantly like asking, why isn't Static in Black Lightning? Why isn't Static in Injustice? Well, he almost was, in, like, twice. But, like, why, why isn't Static in more things? Because of that show. So, like...
1: The only uh, downside to come from this is the fact that people think his name is Static Shock.
0: I know! It's so annoying.
1: His name is Static Sorry, that's just me being snobby. Um no, you're
0: good. Um, before I let Travis cut loose, Mary, open the, the the big book of Milestone Knowledge and gush.
1: I love that I always get to do the history lessons. <laughs> um, I mean,
0: but, like, you have more knowledge than me, so, like, yeah. I, I, I like hearing from you.
1: Static Shock is based on the uh, Milestone Comics character named Static. And while this may seem a bit confusing to someone who's never... Um, who's not familiar with Milestone at all and who may not have seen the show, Milestone was a black comic company that inevitably ended up selling certain publication rights or being bought, I'm using air quotes here, it's a very complicated um, legal structure is what they had, uh, to DC, so much so that when Milestone would write and release books, um, it would be sold under the DC logo. And it gets a little complicated because the character usage were tied to certain creator rights. And each one of those creators had a different relationship with DC and things kind of fell apart when uh, Dwayne McDuffie, one of the milestone founders died. And Dwayne McDuffie is also the one who developed this show. And so that's why we were able to see so much of that. And the cartoon is actually pretty faithful to um, the Milestone comics. There are a few key things that are left out because um, in the comics, gear is actually gay. But, you know, again, this was kind of that... uh, We hit 9-11 during the... Uh, release of the cartoon and you know we kind of pulled back in on ourselves in terms of progression i'm putting this as neutrally as i can and so you know th- that's one of the larger elements that was left out was like you're being gay and there's little things here and there but um that's the uh the general history it can as quickly as i show? can
0: what were your thoughts on the show
1: Oh, my thoughts on the show. Um, (laughs) I I absolutely adored it. Um, My dad had a a thick stack of Milestone comics when I was growing up. I mean, you know, he had Icon, he had Static, he had Heroes, he had Shadow Cabinet, he had a lot of different things. And being able to, you know, it, it was... I didn't understand the complexity of the DC milestone relationship at the time. I thought it was just, you know, another really cool book that my dad let me read that I could watch on TV oh, oh, oh. because I would have been what 10 or so when the show came out. Yeah. I'm bad at math. Somet- somewhere between like eight and 11, something like that, <laughs> something like that. So it was just, it was another really cool thing for me. And, you know, even going back and watching it, Um, because uh, thankfully it's on DC Universe. The majority of the shows that we are talking about are on DC Universe. I think uh, Super Friends is the... Nope, there it is. So yeah, pretty much all of the shows we're talking about are on DC Universe. So if you want to have a binge session...
0: You can see everything.
1: Yeah. But being able to go back and watch it you know roughly 15 years after it went off the air it like it holds up it is you know great characterization it's so well written it's so well voiced like i absolutely adore it
0: phil lamar deserves all the praise as virgil yes like oh so good um, oh, so deserves all
2: Travis. the praise, for all the
0: praise. Um, <laughs> the
1: I actually, I need to correct myself, it was um, Dwayne McDuffie and Dennis Cowan, I, I can't leave out Dennis Cowan, so.
0: He is a legend, he deserves his, 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 his due there. Oh, uh, so Travis, put a shock to the system, holla at him.
2: <laughs> See, I'm on, I'm on the weird spectrum of the fence, don't get me wrong, I love the show Static Shock, and I love Static as a character, but I was a big, big fan of his villain. More than anybody. <laughs> Ebar? Yes. Okay. Well, the... Uh, maybe the first villain? It was the, the purple dude. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was Evar. Oh no, oh, Rubber band, e- band Man. That was it. Rubber Band Man. I was a huge fan of Rubber Band Man. I cannot put together <laughs> why. It was probably because of the, the weird shadow power he had going on
0: now uh, he didn't have the but, shadow power it was ebon and then like they were both brothers but like one got the stretch power the other one could just fully manipulate shadows okay
2: it was the one in the shadows you
1: mean to tell me that you didn't love hot streaks ridiculous hair a hot streak annoys the god out of me oh my god uh,
2: but it's so ostentatious it's wonderful now, great. i just
1: i just love like that late 90s grunge I mean, at least yeah. like at least the
0: show took it in a grunge like version instead of like the original comic that just had him as like a white boy thug that I could not stand. Like I I, I will give them that, and they were like, yeah, let's make him like a grungy like two thousands douche. Like let's give him that. That that was better. If
2: slim Jesus isn't doing it.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But but to, to how you feel about Static, yo?
2: Uh, I love Static, honestly. It's hard to to pass up the opportunity to give Phil Lamar his props for one of the most iconic shows of the DC uh, animated series, because yeah. that's 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 kind of like everything that came after like Batman and Friends, except except for maybe Superman. Because Superman was intentionally thematically the opposite of Batman. But Static Shock was the one that, like, completely changed the rhythm and the melody and everything else, and it was, it was... The representation was wonderful, from
0: what I remember. I need to binge the entire thing. That's four seasons of just god-tier animation right there. It's worth it. Like, like one episode that i always go back to is the, uh, the Soul Power episode. Because it kind of gives you that like that Black Lightning team up you always wanted, but like you're you're never gonna get because like other than like Young Justice, because you don't need it and it doesn't need to exist. Like it's sort of like that symbolic version of it, where you have old dude in the retirement home, but was once a superhero of his own. Right, he had a sidekick. sidekick. Like like he retired like after defeating his arch nemesis. But then when his arch nemesis returns again, all young and stuff, he like partners up with static for one last go at it. Like that that episode speaks more volume to me than like any black lightning static team up could ever do. Because it'll be hollow and forced just because fans want it. Versus with that it was let's make our own character, let's make our own symbolism and what we can do with that thing and have static learn a really good lesson about history and legacy. That th- meant more to me. And then that, that, that goes to the entire show because he learned so much about being a hero from that episode to be with Batman to going with Superman against Toy Man to then going to the future for a Batman Beyond tie-in, of all things, and meeting his future self. He goes through so much growth across the entire series and then even goes to the past and, find, like, and sees his mom before she had died, and she says she's proud of him. Like that meant way more even more volume to him as a character to so when he finally loses his powers at the end of the series, which I still think was just weird. That like all the bang babies just start losing their powers at the end of it, like, oh, we can't do it anymore. No more show. <laughs> like like that that right there was just like him being mature to be like, Yeah, I can go live a normal life now. Like that was really cool. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys have any more favorite moments from Static, but, like, that was me gushing for a moment. Anything? Anything?
2: No, I think that's it for me, man. On Static.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then, from, uh, do, do y'all want to get in, like, do y'all want to do, like, Teen Titans and then, like, a giant Justice League shot, or do you want to, like, break it up? Which I want to do?
1: Well, so far, we've been doing it chronologically.
0: Okay. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so we'll start with Justice League then. Justice League came out.
1: Because this, this is about the time where we also see network shifts too.
0: You are correct. Because wasn't it like they took it from WB over to Cartoon Network?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And like we, we we see Justice League come out. It started to be more on Toonami than anything. But we saw it coming out. This this show... Is like the next two, sh- like, like the, like, the de- both Teen Titans and Justice League are what Mary and I like to call stop influencing the comics 101. But like, <laughs> tell that to Robert Downey, Tony Stark in the comics, <laughs> <laughs> oh. you know. I- <laughs> You know, I'm going back through Riri's books right now. That we can do an episode about, about her for Blur Grounds, and I, I'm getting really frustrated by her, like, like, like Robert Downey Jr. being just in the comics because of Bendis, and I'm like, oh god. But anyway, um, so Justice League as a show is still. While it frustrates us to see what it's done to the comic landscape in terms of like influence and, and like like collective memory of like that similar to how like, Static has influenced the culture, people wanting him on Black Lightning and such, we now see things like the entire lineup of the Justice League being influenced because Scott Snyder asked the fans what they wanted. But then the show is so good because it pulls everything from the comics and does so many faithful adaptations of characters that it's become this icon among not just comic books, but just animation in general for its, its, its powerful storytelling.
1: I just want to say for the record that comics should influence media. Media should not influence comics. But we wouldn't have Harley Quinn then, Mary. Well, you know what?
2: (laughs) I guess that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make.
1: Uh I mean, like, obviously (laughs) there will always be exceptions, but, I mean, to universally reshape your entire comic line because your movies are doing really well, and doing it in such a way that it starts to tank your comic storyline, and you completely remove one franchise, then you have to have somebody come back and fix it, but only after your company gets the movie rights to that team do we see where I'm going with this. X-Men! <clears throat> anyway <laughs> Oof,
0: that, that, that was me and Mary throwing shade right there I enjoyed that <laughs> it's 30 degrees colder in this shade and it's November <laughs> so Mary your thoughts on Justice League
1: Justice League and while well, I did actually end up preferring Justice League Unlimited a little more um, just because <laughs> And I and, and before that we get too heavy into this, I do want to remark that I prefer Justice Justice League Unlimited because of the wider range of characters that were used. Um, okay. the two shows' quality level they are about the same. Like they're both fantastic shows. I just like that we got to see more characters. But Justice League specifically really kind of set the narrative for a whole new breed of fans because, you know, we're looking at roughly the 10 year marker when the new Batman adventures would have ended. So, I mean, you know, every 10 years, there's roughly a new crop crop of comic readers that go in. And, you know, more importantly, about 40,000 years in comic, you know, events had happened at that point. Characters have changed. The new millennium has happened. Yeah. Yep, and so we got to see all of these shifts in the comics that were brought seamlessly into the show, while still somehow being able to maintain the core values of those characters, which apparently is getting a little harder to do. I mean, I know more time has passed, obviously, but.
0: And I mean, I, I like. I think one of my biggest like gripes with, um, Justice League was they give you just the first three episodes to bond and know these people as a team, and then it's like, okay, cool. Immediately, Green Lantern's on trial, and after that... He um, killed the whole-ass planet. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> Aquaman's here, and mixing it up, he has a hook hand, he has long hair and a beard, like Momoa did later, and, like, then we go into, like, the mascara going to war because of Felix Faust, and, like, And then War World shows up because of Mongol, and then we have, like, a somewhat JSA, Earth 2 tie-in, but not really, like, it does so much in a small amount of time that, like, I, 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 yeah, it it definitely, yeah.
1: No, I was gonna say, and I think you just actually pointed out the fundamental flaw with all of these shows, with the exception of Batman Beyond, is that you are expected to have some knowledge of these characters before you go in. Yep. That the shows, while they did work really well to pull in read pull in new readers and get people in comic stores, if you hadn't read them, you always felt like you were missing something extra. And the fact that you know it was really John Stewart's first introduction into an adapted medium. Before then, it had been you know Hal Jordan, and then it was Kyle Rayner, and he was always kind of the backseat Green Lantern. You Which know. is bullshit. bullshit. And Kyle's not now. that
0: good, James. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm talking,
0: about, I'm talking about John. John. Oh, I was going to say, Kyle's not that good, man. <laughs> no, man, John deserves, needs more love. That's why, I like, that's why my one thing that I will say is, the one good thing that came out of Scott Snyder giving into to the fans is that John got some spotlight. Okay, Mary, I'm sorry for interrupting you. <laughs> no,
1: you're fine. you're fine. And, you know, even with, um, it's, It's difficult to think of Wonder Woman as a character who was not super well-known because, you know, she's always been a pop culture phenomenon. She hadn't been adapted, you know, in many, like, with any real earnest in decades. Wonder Woman! Exactly. Linda Carter was really one of the last times we saw Wonder Woman. God damn
0: it. (laughs) Does that bug you?
1: it's the metropolis thing all over again (laughs) but (laughs) you were kind of expected to have a certain degree of knowledge going into this and i think if any the the very few flaws with a lot of the dc animated shows is that there was always something you seemed like you were missing
0: yeah at times definitely
1: and i think justice league and justice league unlimited by default were just the worst offenders.
0: Because, like, you had things like the Legion of Doom already being a thing. You had Felix Faust. You had um the demon Etrigan and Morgan Le Fay. Yeah. Like, like all like, the Injustice League was in there. All these different things that no one knew about, but just it, or, or were supposed to know. Like, the Justice Lords probably, like, sh- like, cr- like, blew everybody's brains out of the water. Like, an evil Justice League? What in the world is going on? Like, that probably was a game changer for a lot of people. And then, like, hell, hell the freaking, um, the Hawks invading yeah. it towards the end of Justice like, League. Now, I will say... The Hennagarian like, invasion was gnarly. Right.
1: right. <laughs> oh, my God, and the whole Wally West, Barry allen thing. Yeah,
0: yes. that was crazy, too. That's why so many people, on top of the fact that Wally was the Flash from, like, the 90s till, up until, pre, uh, like, the end of pre-New 52, you saw so many people from the Justice League Unlimited Justice League TV show going hey why is it Wally Flash and I'm one of them because I hate Barry and I will stay in that camp and you can fight me but like yeah the idea of Wally being the premier Flash is was so well done and now it's like okay he killed everybody in heroes in crisis and now he's like like basically doing um what is it uh, like uh what's that one x-men comic that i love but like uh it just got canceled again uh solid and i was writing it exiles it's like um wally west is the one exile going through the multiverse and apparently his kids are alive guys That doesn't make any sense but scott labdell is gonna write it like which i love how for the first time since i think um red hood of the outlaws dc rebirth that I'm actually saying that I like Scott Labdell as a writer again because he's he's redeeming a character that Tom King shat on, like, but,
1: but not as a person,
0: not as a person, mind you. <laughs> well, no. But like, I, I'm choosing to separate the the, the the art from the artist here and say thank you, Scott Labdell, for fi- for cleaning up Tom King's mess. Because goddamn, you, you are helping Mike. Like, there's this amazing scene in, like, issue two or three of Flash Forward where, like, Wally's remembering his time with Roy and he hates that he messed up. And then he goes into this one multiverse and finds vampire hun- uh, hunter Roy. And it's like, oh, why, Tom King, why? I hate it. <laughs> um, so any more thoughts on Justice League before we press on? Anybody?
2: Oh, uh, I mean, I I had a really good time with the show. The Thanagarian mm-hmm. invasion was so gnarly, in my opinion, probably my favorite part of that whole series. But uh, I think one one problem I had with it was just the futility that was Lex Luthor from what he was in the Superman yep. show to what he became in Justice League. He was a joke in Justice League, honestly. Yep.
1: Yeah. Although my favorite scene is when he takes over Wally's body and he's like, <laughs> trying to like figure out who the Flash is.
2: Yeah, I have body. no idea who this is. I have no it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was like, like, in, in like, was that in, in Justice League Unlimited or am I crazy? I
1: don't know. That's
2: Unlimited, I believe, so.
0: Yeah.
1: It's kind of like Batman, the animated series. They all just kind of run together. And what's crazy is
0: Unlimited had some of the greatest development for some characters. Like, you saw John being a mentor to a lot of these teams. Like, that first episode of Unlimited, where it's Jon Stewart, Green Arrow, and Supergirl against Brimstone, Mm -hmm. trying to run down an Asian town. Like, that was insanity. (laughs) Like, and, and somehow they all pull it together and save everybody. And then from there you go to the, the next episode where Mongol puts the Black Mercy on Superman for, like, his birthday. And he's having a good birthday, wishing he was on Krypton and shit. And in the next episode they go, hey, Dakota Fanning is Wonder Woman because uh, Morgan Lefay uh, had to make them all children to fight Mordred. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs>
1: Was it Justice League Unlimited where Wonder Woman gets turned into a pig and Batman has to sing in order to get her to turn back?
0: Yes, it was.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: Justice League Unlimited was pretty wild. Because he has to call Zatanna because everything goes to hell, and like, he, and he, he sings that great song. Oh my blue? god. Am I blue? Speaking of songs, do you guys remember the Birds of Prey roasting the men
2: of the Justice League universe episode? Oh
1: fucking course Just Thank In you. a song <laughs> where they
2: talk about where where like Wally Wasn't he, that Brave they, and the Bold?
1: Yeah, it's Brave and the Bold.
2: We'll get is to it that. Brave and the Bold? Okay, okay. Well, my bad. We'll get to that.
0: Still good um, stuff. Uh, also, another great episode from Unlimited is the Booster Gold episode, because Booster Gold like shows up Thanks,
1: Green Lantern.
0: And little kid goes up and gets his autograph, and just go, like and he writes it, and he's like, "I thought you were Green Lantern." It's like he's gold. <laughs> like, how blind do you gotta be, my guy? Also, like, yeah, go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, I think the crowning achievement for Justice League Unlimited was the fact that it made people fall in love with minor or niche characters like Booster Gold or um, even even the Question
0: or Green Arrow
1: because I think probably one of the best episodes of uh, Justice League Unlimited was Date Night because you know you had Green Arrow and Black Canary running around and doing shit fighting fighting fight clubs and and they were trying to
0: redeem Wildcat which oh
1: mm -hmm. and I think uh, the strength from that came is oh my god I do not remember how to talk anymore guys (laughs) <laughs> but, and I think what worked to help make people fall in love with, you know, The Question and Wildcat, and at the time, even Green Arrow and Black Canary being niche, quote-unquote, niche characters, was the fact that they had a comic writer come in and write the episode. Mm-hmm. So, I think that worked beautifully, and um, it was it was Gail Simone who wrote the episode. Was it Gail Simone? It was, it was Gail Simone.
0: Holy shit, amazing. Mm-hmm. And then you got things like, like Amanda Waller showing up in Unlimited, and like her and Batman constantly having a dick measuring contest. Like that and was just. The... Wins. Well, no, there was the one time where like Batman shows up in her damn bathroom, and is like, "Get dressed. I'ma school you real quick."
1: But I mean, I'm sorry. Her dick is always bigger, though.
0: You're right. You can't shut down the wall.
1: No, they call her the wall for a reason.
0: Uh, and like, what's weird is Unlimited had a second season, but it was after Epilogue came out, and it was like these random episodes that like were just extra, like 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 the whole Patriot and the Legion of Superheroes, and then like Fire and Ice have a team up episode, and then Green Arrow has another like random one. Hawkman shows up and throws a whole wrench into the entire Thanagarian thing. <laughs> He's like, hey, you thought you were an alien, but in reality, you're an Egyptian queen who just has alien powers. Wait, what? (sighs) Can we stop now? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, we know Hawkman mythology is confusing, but now you're just being crazy.
2: (laughs) And purposely confusing now.
0: Like, you you can't have both, damn it. Well, apparently, uh, um, the current comic is trying to do both. But there's that. There's some of our thoughts on Just unlimited, Unlimited. Obviously, those are all of our thoughts. We can go on for ages about Just the Unlimited, but we, we are limited on time, so we're going to keep it moving. So, um, next up on the list is the anime bonanza that continues to baffle me to this day. That is T-E-E-N-T-I-T-N-S-T, tight ends. Let's go.
1: Oh, God. It was... Indeed. It was DC's answer to the anime generation.
0: <laughs> it really was. And uh, granted, it, it, it,
1: it comes in with
0: just straight fire where it's like you see the Hive with, with their little in, like like initiate video and then you hear Ron Perlman like, giving them their file test because uh, Ron Perlman voices Slade the entire show. It, it's, it's a kid's show, so we can't call him Deathstroke in, in, in the early 2000s, but we'll call him Slade. And like, like, oh like, like it was so intimidating, especially when Ron Perlman voiced him. It was so great. And like the show. And here's the thing: I will, I will say, like, I will stand on my on my hill and say, Young Justice is better than Teen Titans. But we'll get there. But at the same time, I will not knock Teen Titans for being an amazing show, a groundbreaking show for the sidekick generation now Mm -hmm. similarly to mary i want to choke everybody that thinks that robin cyborg beast boy raven and starfire are like the end-all be-all in terms of teen titans because let's get it straight here robin aqualad they're
1: the new teen titans (laughs) yes
0: they're the new Teen titans robin aqualad speedy kid flash and donna troy wonder girl were the original teen titans you can look it up but regardless they are still the, the, the core team everyone knows, like to the point that everyone's like, why isn't Cyborg in Titans? Why is he on Doom Patrol? Don't worry about it. It's okay. Like, we don't need to have that core, like the core team that everyone seems to know all of a sudden, of a sudden. as the standard 14 Titans. But at the same time, I, I love the chemistry that's put forth by those people. You have Greg Science's Beast Boy, Kari Payton as Cyborg, Tara Strong as um, Raven. You got, like um you like all of them coming like, then, like I I forget of my head who voices uh Rob, about Robin and then you have um can't remember her damn name but I prefer her as Harley Quinn instead of um like, instead of Tara but uh, Hyde like, and Welsh like like uh, Starfire you got, like uh, Ron Perlman as Slade. you have more guest stars ironically there's an episode of the show where um michael rosenbaum comes in after voicing wally west on justice league he comes in and voices wally west kid flash on teen titans which is hilarious like the the roster of teen titans that come throughout that show like bumblebee and aqualad voiced by will wheaton which is weird but like they have all these amazing things that happen to show that blow your mind They bring in the Doom Patrol and make the Brotherhood of Evil the main last villains before the show ends. Like, Tara is fully ingrained in people's minds. Thank God as not a statutory rape victim. But, like, and not an evil control freak that's vindictive and horrible that I can't stand. Like, she actually has a soul in the show rather than what she is in the comics. Like... Yeah, that's, that's why, when everyone, when I, if anybody ever goes and reads Judas' contract, they're like, Who is this woman?
2: <laughs> it's so bad. Tara is nothing alike with she, what she is in the anime, Teen Titans. Like, she actually like, has like, depth.
0: <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Tara had some, like, depth in the comic. It's just she was a hoe who didn't care about anybody. Like that, that's the end all be all. Like she was banging Deathstroke as like a 14 year old girl and she didn't care about anybody and only wanted to be evil. Like that's it. (laughs) But then you go to the show where it's like, Hey, I want to be a hero, but I got, I got caught up with the wrong people. And like, like, but I love beast boy, but I sacrificed myself for my new friends and even Raven likes me and like They put that depth in her that the comic didn't do, and it blows your mind. And then, like, that teaser Teaser. that we'll never get an answer to of Terra being alive at the end of the show still blows people's mind. And they tease that, and they play with you, and it's Mm -hmm. horrible. But, like, Mm -hmm. as a show, I still love what Teen Titans does. I just prefer Young Justice, and I will die on that hill. Um, Anyone else want to talk about it?
1: Well, like I said when we got started, it is definitely DC's response to uh, the anime generation.
0: <clears throat>
1: <laughs> but um, I, I really enjoyed it. Admittedly, I have not gone back and watched it in several years, but um, I, I never, I never missed an episode when it was on, and I would constantly, you know, binge on the uh, the reruns and whatnot. And I thought ultimately it was a very well put together show. Well done and i think the big departure with um teen titans was well for one we saw it move to basic cable as opposed to basic channel because you know the w the, the cw used to be the wb
0: yeah right
1: and and we could get away with a bit more darker of a tone because teen titans did have an undeniably dark tone mhm when we eventually did move to Cartoon Network with this, um, it felt like Teen Titans was targeted more exclusively to kids and preteens and, you know, early teenagers kind of a thing. It seems like it kind of niched itself there. Because um, I, I have known adults who have, you know, people who were adults at the time, I should say, Um, That never really felt like they could get into it, but, you know, their kids loved it kind of a thing. is that, I I think that was the big departure there. there. Um, The uh, English and Japanese versions of that opening theme are my jam.
0: Yes, they are.
1: (laughs) Because they had, uh, oh God, what were they called? Huffy Ami Yumi. -yumi. Yep. Because I remember they ended up having a, Cartoon, uh, quote unquote, about them on Cartoon Network after the fact because Teen Titans was so popular. <laughs> but um, it was just, it was a fun show. And again, DC was very good about keeping it close to comic elements. And I think that's something DC animated shows have always done really well.
0: Travis, your thoughts? Uh, to kind of springboard
2: off that last point, one thing I liked about it too is that the, the stuff that wasn't in the comics was also pretty well done, like, um, mm-hmm. was it, was it Red X? Ooh, Red X. Never egg. got yep. closure for that guy. Never he was got Jason Todd and I will guy. stick to that fact. Ah, you have no facts,
0: they say nothing about that. <laughs> there, no, like, there, there was like there, there's these like later before T-Titans Go came out there was these little specials called like new T-Titans where, where it was like almost T-Titans Go animation but it wasn't and like they have one of them where it's like they catch Red X and Beast Boy's like I'm telling you it's Jason Todd and, like they pull the mask off and it is Jason Todd but they pull another mask off and it's someone else like it's Speedy, it's somebody else, and then, like he disappears. And Beast Boy's like, "I'm telling you, he's Jason Todd." And like, um, I'm still on that boat, bro. It's Jason Todd. No one can tell me otherwise.
2: <laughs> well, another thing I liked about that show was that like it, it, it stuck to the to the lore pretty well, but it also did that daytime cartoon thing where it still kind of had a lesson at the end of the day. Oh,
1: absolutely. Like, I,
2: I specifically remember um the episode where Cyborg and Robin almost have a falling out because they. They're tripping over each other and they both want to take over the spotlight and then eventually they try to do the sonic boom and literally like their legs tie together and they trip over each other. And then throughout the rest of the episode, they go through these struggles of, you know, I could do this by myself and they can't and they admit that to each other that, you know, they have differences and that it's better to get over them because they're stronger as a team. Mm-hmm. Um... There were all kinds of different lessons like that in the show. Like, uh, I, I got a huge don't-trust-everybody-no-matter-how-sweet-they-are vibe from Terra and the the Judas contract. Oh, yes. Because um, th- it was almost, like, Beast Boy was... It was depressing, watching him struggle over Terra, regardless of... They never really hinted towards what exactly Deathstroke had on her, but it was strong enough to make her portray every good feeling she had got in Titan's Tower. Yeah.
1: It also now that I sit here and think about it, it also kind of introduced a bunch of kids to the concept of vegetarianism.
0: It did. It really did.
1: <laughs> because Beast Boy was so strongly vegetarian.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, it makes sense, man. All the he animals the are life. him.
1: And what does he say? <laughs> I've been most of those animals.
0: Yeah. Right. Like so. So yes, definitely love for Teen Titans and the the last one before we before we like end this part of the episode because it will be part one of a two-parter because i just decided that it's okay all right
1: so (laughs) before we end uh, to put it this way before we enter the modern era of dc
0: that works perfectly that is the perfect way to do that we have but like the, the the last one, like the there's one more after that I want to start the next part with that is sort of in the era, but I, w- I want to have it be that, that springboard because I'm a gush and no one can stop me. So we God have, Lord. yeah, I'll get the Legion. Don't you worry about that. But for the for the for the, for the younger for the younger generation, the generation. as Teen yeah. Titans and Justice League Unlimited uh, uh, limited uh, wrapping up, we had Crypto oh. the Sister, Sister Bomb <laughs> Like I hate you, you. <laughs> bro. Like you know, like that show was so good. Like young kid, like was gifted crypto by Superman to train and be the best boy ever. Like you had Streaky the super cat that randomly got powers to. Ace the bat hound shows up. It was it was a, it was, was short lived, but it was cute. I loved it. Like, like like what what are y'all's thoughts?
1: I mean, the DC super pets are the best pets.
2: You're right. Honestly, because, like, I, I have to go back to comic feats because they didn't do it in Crypto the Superdog. But Crypto does solo Superboy's entire rogues gallery trying to be adorable. Oh, you <laughs>
0: right. So definitely some love for that. Like, it definitely yeah. wasn't the longest running show. Like, it's not even available on DC Universe. That, that, that kind of tells you how, how short-lived it was. But at the same time, I wanted to pay special homage to it, and since it's a very short thought. Like, um, like I, I guess we will have James's gushing moment before we go to the, to the modern era. Um, Mary, do you have any closing thoughts on Crypto the Superdog?
1: I mean, Crypto is the bestest boy. So, <laughs> I, I, I have, I, I have not actually seen the entire thing. I've seen a handful of episodes, but I have not seen the entire show. But I love Crypto, so it's going to get an A plus from me.
0: All right, all right. So, before we go, we're we're we go into part two, uh, which we'll be releasing simultaneously with everything else. We have the Legion of Superheroes. The like, there it was it was only two seasons, it was god tier, no one could tell me otherwise. Like, it was just oh, it was so good. You had the Legion of Superheroes coming from the 31st century to a young Clark Kent saying, We need your help. We need you to come to the future and be the Superman we need you to be because they, they overshot it. They went too far young, but Clark still steps up and learns the lesson he needs to. And for the whole first season, you have them going up against the Fatal Five. You have them recruiting different different members of the team. You have them like, going up against cataclysmic threats. And then you go into season two. Where then the big bad that is in all big bads, Imperiax, shows up. The Endor worlds. Basically, I like P- Imperiax is basically like the Galactus of like the, the DC universe in a lot of ways for some people because, because he just comes in and starts blowing up planets and swallowing planets with, with, with his negative energy. And it's just, he's going to be the, the overtaker of everything with his army. And it's so insane. So. Like, and then then, like season two kind of like dove off a cliff a little bit because they do what they do a time jump, and then they go, Hey, not only is Superman older now because he came back from like say Justice League time to be part of the team again, we now have a clone of Superman that looks like 2000s Edge personified, like, he has like dark eyeliner and has like kryptonite uh, laser vision and is super ultra buff and it like he can destroy anything and we're calling calling him superman x like it was just awesome. <laughs> it was, it was so, like I, I love it to death bro like that show superman
2: x is this on DC Universe? Yes.
0: tell me it is it like it is on DC universe
1: yes oh my it's, like i have actually never seen it
0: Bro, no, no, honestly, Mary, I feel like you would really enjoy it. Knowing you, I feel like you really enjoy it. Like, season one's a little slow, like, yeah. but, but, like, season two just goes, hey, we're at war now, and, like, Superman X is here, but then, like, Superman comes back, too, and now they have to work together, and it's just, it's so much. And the weirdest thing is, like, Yuri Lowenthal voices Superman. So, like, the same guy who voices Spider-Man in the PS4 video game plays Superman, and it's really, like, it's kind of jarring when, when you first hear it, but it's, like, it's so good. It's, it's it's so good. So I, I, I wanted to gush about that one because I knew neither of you had seen it.
1: <laughs> because I, I think I was I, I yeah. Now that I'm looking at it, I was firmly in high school at the time, and I was kind of you know like most high schoolers where I was up my own ass. So
0: <laughs> okay. So we're gonna go ahead and, and wrap this this episode up. But d- uh, don't forget you you can um like follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Ptb underscore podcast. You can follow the website at on comics ground on twitter instagram you can check out the website on comicsground.com put some hyphens between those words and you can check us out for all of that good stuff you can subscribe on uh, apple podcast google podcast stitcher spotify, spotify youtube all those great things except for SoundCloud. but we will catch y'all on part two of this awesome episode peace out